Hmm. I wonder what this podcast is about. Hello. Did, Did you, you click, click this podcast? podcast? Well, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Hi, I'm Fernando, and this podcast me and an awesome guest. Yeah, me. Not you. Oh my. Everybody, stop. Jeez. What the heck is Anyways. going on? And our guests. This guy's tripping. We'll be reviewing shows from Netflix because we all got to know what to watch next, right? Well, oh, yeah. in this podcast, you'll see if you should get a certain clicks. A try from me and my critics. Huh. See what I did there? This <laughs> guy just had a throw well, in there. Here we go. Starting in three, oh, well, two. This is for one. Very cool. Flicks Critics. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Fernando, once again, and we are on Flicks Critics. Today we have an awesome guest named Josh Doran. 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 It's I'm sorry uh, about Doran. Doran, actually. Oh shoot, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, brother. It's good. A lot of people mispronounce that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, this Josh is actually in an awesome band in the area. So you know, Josh, how about you tell us about your band? What's it like? What's uh, what's the genre? What type of music are you putting out lately? Uh, well, so I'm in a band called The Fading Light. Uh, we play like uh, indie rock, I guess, okay. is kind of what we say. We, we also kind of like, really, I think that what we, we try to brand ourselves as is if you took four guys that really like heavy metal and you said, try to play pop music, like that's kind of what you would get out of it. Yeah. So like we like to we like to do like a lot of layers with our with our music and a lot of our instruments play off of each other and we like good melodies catchy rhythms you know good stuff like that so we try to incorporate all of the pop tropes into our music in fun ways that are interesting for us to play so yeah um we actually just dropped a new single uh two weeks ago it's called, oh, it on, called? it's called on my own yeah okay. we're on like all any any uh streaming service that you use you can find us on there so just search for the fading light uh, you probably find us. So, what's the song about? Uh, that song, actually, this song on my own is an interesting one. It was about um, somebody that I was seeing quite a while ago who uh, would give me the silent treatment oh. when they were when they were upset with me. So, um, oh, that's the worst. Yeah, and so I was just like, you know, what is up with this? Like, I can, I'm not just gonna like wait around for you to be upset with me and then apologize, even though we've not talked about anything and. You know, so I was just like, this is, this is whatever, I'm going to move on from this and just be by myself for a while. And so that's like, that's what the song is about. Yeah. Nice. I bet with a lot of people, a lot of fellas, guys or girls, like we can all relate with that because that's the most coldest thing. Because when you get the silent treatment, you don't know what they're thinking, you don't know whether they're happy or whether they're sad. And one, one thing that I do hate when you get the silent treatment, oh, you, you ask and you're like, oh, what's wrong? You would not understand. Yeah. How am I supposed to respond to that? Like, that that response ticks me off. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> they expect you to read their minds. Like, if I was a telepathic, maybe I was. I, I mean, maybe I would be able to. But, you know, right. I'm sorry yeah. I can't read your mind. I mean, I know we, we shouldn't. We should know and, you know, talk to her, you know, like whenever our partner is feeling bad, you know, cheer him up. But, you know, it, it's a two way streak, you know, yeah. you have to give me a little, a little something to tell, like, if, for example, oh, you know, something bad happened at work today. I'm so sad right now. Oh, for real, what happened? You know, something simple like that instead of me 
having to guess because what if I guess wrong? Then yeah, what's, exactly. guess what? It's yeah. going to be an argument. It's going to be an argument, and then you're going to blame me when the whole point. I was trying to help, but no. Yeah, just trying to talk to you about your day. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I know and exactly all, what you're talking about. They say communication is key. And what happens? There's no communication. So it's like, you know what? The, the simple solution is nice. All right, you don't want to talk? It's always you want to be alone right now. I'm not going to bother trying to ask. Yep. See ya. Where are you going? Oh, I no, guess. no. You don't, want me, you don't want me to talk? Okay. No, 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 no. This is what happened. Oh, oh, now you want to talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's like suddenly things, everything's changed. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so frustrating. And so yeah, I had to write a song about it because you know that's kind of what I do, I guess. <laughs> so what made the uh, what made you guys come up with the name Fading Life? Uh, that's an interesting kind of an interesting story, I guess. It was that the I, so this is kind of the second iteration of this band that I've had over the past like fifteen years. Okay. Um, I had a different group of guys back when I lived at home in St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. Um, but after, like, we all went to college and we just kind of stopped doing it. And I had still had all, a bunch of those songs. And when I moved down here to Pittsburgh, I said, you know, maybe I should try to get a band together and play these songs again. And so after I got some guys together, I wrote some more songs. And now we have, like, a real thing going it's just the uh, you know the the name of the band actually is based off of this poem that i wrote oh for cheese who knows how long ago now yeah yeah probably forever ago but it was just like uh i thought that it was a cool line in the poem and i was like oh that'd make a good band name and so i just it just kind of stuck you know um so that's that's where we are i know that a lot of names especially when it comes to bands like they come from the weirdest from the weirdest events like you know, it's like, uh, like for once, one, one, one thing I want to know is like, what created uh, band name Slipknot? Because that is such a good ass, that's such a cool name. Yeah, that is you a know? good name. I always thought that it was because of the Slipknot that you put into a noose. You know what? That will explain why their symbol looks, their S looks like a noose, right? Too. Yeah, yo, that oh, could it be is why. a noose, isn't it? I never really yeah. noticed that either. Yeah. Yeah, that could be definitely. It could be exactly why. So you know. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's that's that was my assumption, but I, I never noticed that there the S was like was kinda like that. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, love yeah, not though. Corey Taylor is the greatest uh singer. Oh he is, like, yeah. Uh, great he's vocalist. So talented. He works he's worth do you know Tech Nine? Uh I've heard that name. How do I know that? He's actually uh he's uh he owns uh the the highest independent label in the world right now. So it's called Strange oh, really? Music Records. Yeah, it's called Strange Music Records. And like, he's like the main uh, rapper of that uh, company. He owns it. And like, oh, he's okay. Now with, I know that. Okay. Yeah. So him and Corey Taylor were actually did a couple of songs together. So really? it's like, whoa, Corey Taylor is going toward the hip hop industry because he did that uh, solo career uh, for a minute. I believe he's still doing it too. And like, right. He worked and with Tech Nine. Sour too, yeah. Yeah, and then he he did also worked with uh, Jonathan Davis, which oh, really? oh yeah, one of with Corn's uh not not their latest new album, but their album before like his wife passed away. God bless her soul. Um, Interesting. I'll that check song, that out. I haven't um, listened to Corn in quite a while. Any like any of their newer stuff? Yeah, I used to love their older albums though. Yeah, they changed their they changed their sound now. So. It's a bit dark. It's because it's basically because like his 
uh, wife's uh, situation, how she how she died. So it, it caused uh, him to go into deep depression. So his yeah. the entire album is like very, 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 very dark. dark. Yeah, you, you kind of... It's, their stuff it's, was already pretty dark you know <laughs> i know like i heard their one song called daddy yeah that's a that's a rough that. one that was on their first album yeah i didn't know that song even existed until i saw their documentary not so long ago and i heard the song and i was like jeez is this a true story yeah dude oh my gosh yeah i was oh. really into corn when i was in like uh late middle school early high school era um and that was like one of the reasons that I wanted to play the guitar, actually. Oh, for real? Who knew? Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, funny that you bring them up. And then I like I graduated from Corn like straight to Slayer, and then Whoa. it's history from there. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's funny because I play acoustic guitar in the in the band, and I'm like all of my metal, all of my guitar influences are like metal guys. So. That's funny. That's hilarious. Man. We all have to have our own influence somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, all right, guys. So today we're going to be talking about a, 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 I guess you can say a super. I don't even know what type of category would you put this under. It's like a, it's like a mix of heroic mixed with like drama. I guess you can mm-hmm. say. So it's called Code Eight, and so what this, what the story is about. For those that don't know what Code Eight is, it's a world where we are known that people with super abilities exist. And at some point in the beginning, we were in harmony. We worked with one another. They helped us create the buildings and help us build uh, everything that we have now. And then at some point, as, as they're always in everything, there's always one bad apple that falls from the tree. And because of one situation, it caused the world to look all of them as that one bad apple and now people who have super abilities have to have a license, which is weird. You have to have a license to use your ability. And it just goes off from there. And so, like, when you saw the trailer, man, what did you think of it? I, uh, I honestly, from the trailer, I didn't really think that it was going to be the type of movie that it was going to be. Right. I, uh, I wasn't really sure, if I'm being honest, what, what I thought it was going to be. But the trailer included a little glimpse of them using their powers and like alluding to the fact that it was kind of like superhero type things, I guess not necessarily superhero, but just like having superpowers of some kind, I guess. And then like the, the police. So I kind of, I kind of guessed that in the beginning from just from the trailer that there were going to be some themes of the people with powers being ostracized or at least being considered dangerous by society. And then a police presence that was trying to oppress them in some way. And that was that was pretty much I was pretty on the money there, but I didn't expect all of the other little pieces of the film that were that really was what made it good to me. Yeah, right. It, have you ever heard of a film called Freaks? No, I saw that you mentioned that before, and uh, I haven't seen that. What is that? Is it a very similar? Type yeah, of it's actually really actually very similar. It, like Freaks is about like uh, it's the same. It's the same scenario except that it, it's like more focused on the daughter and they're like trying to find like the entire story is about like the dad thought the wife was dead when really the wife was alive the whole the whole time and so like the dad taught the daughter to not use her abilities because she'll end up like her mom but then the grandfather comes in saying that she's special she's special then all of a sudden 
the daughter uses her ability and finds out that her mom is actually alive. Which is, yeah, and so, like, she's able to, like, think about her mom, and when she thinks about her mom, she, it's like she can see where, it's like you're wearing 3D glasses, and you're in, like, a different world. Well, for her, it's like her mom was in her closet. So when she opened the closet, the mom was there, but really she wasn't. And so somehow the mom was able to communicate with her. And so the whole story is about like trying to rescue the mom and whatnot. And oh, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I would watch that. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Like I saw that because it was, it was number one on Netflix actually. And so like I was like, you know what? I want to see what the big hype is about. And I saw it. I was like, you know, I see why it's pretty good. It's starting to be a new genre now. Like, I hear like Brightburn, for example, like it's like the alternate version of it's like the opso. So what if Superman, when Superman came down, he was adopted by parents, by the farmers and they taught him to be good. He became a superhero. Well, this one's the same scenario. But what if Superman was picked on and at one point, like it caused him to snap. And so he became a villain. Ooh. So that's what Brightburn is about. It's like I've noticed that the film industry is starting to take instead of talking about superheroes mm-hmm. talk about what creates the villains and sort of it started mixing like a superhero horror type of film like how they did the joker yeah so i'm actually i'm actually a fan of that that push for that type of a thing so like it the, not, don't don't get me wrong the i the whole like genre of uh the superheroes are coming in and we have to figure out a way to fight against these crazy villains and all that, like all that's super fun. And it's always fun to talk about the, the, the heroes fighting the villains, but like, it's, I think that it's always, I always thought it was very interesting. Like the, even the, even the superhero origin stories, like, you know, finding out what drives these characters and like, you know, like even what drives the villains and, you know, like every, every villain is a hero in his own story too. So it's like, finding out how they got to where they are and what drives them to do the thing they're doing and why they think that it's the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, because there, there are very few villains in the history of ever that didn't in their own eyes think that they were trying to do the right thing for whatever reason, you know, right. whatever reason it might be, you know, there, there's, there's very, I, I can't, I can only think of maybe a handful of them that were just causing destruction for the sake of doing it. You know, maybe Heath Ledger's Joker. Right. I can't I think the, of a whole lot of other ones right off the top of my head. The, the only uh, Joker that I think is a true Joker is the one that played uh, the Joker from Batman, the animated series. The one that played... Oh, uh, Mark Hamill? Yeah, he's the yeah, true dude. Joker. That dude is a true Joker. That's <laughs> when it comes to the voice. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I love yeah. His, his... All of his voice work. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, he's really got it. He's really got it down. Like, well, 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 Mr. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> so nice. Oh, you do to that see. pretty good, dude. Yeah, dude. I do a lot of voice impressions. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you think the main character, do you think his life would have been totally different if he hadn't hopped into the van? Well, so I I definitely think that that the choices that he he ran himself down. So, like, a brief synopsis of the film is that his, like, his his mom is sick. Like, she has, mm-hmm. so she's also, she has powers, too. She has, like, freezing powers, like, uh, cryogenic yeah. powers. Yeah. But, like, she has a tumor in her brain that, that is causing her to lose control of them. So she's just, like, freezing things randomly, and it's, like, slowly killing her. 
Um, so like, and then he's he has electric powers, so he gets u- utilized for like, uh, you know, the one of the things he did was uh, overload an electric fence so that they could get in to steal something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so like his life would have totally been different, but like, I I think that he eventually would have turned in some way or another because he would he he really didn't have a whole lot left to lose. And once his mother was gone, he totally didn't have anything left to lose. Like, why would you, in a system that keeps you down just because of the way that you were born, why would you right. want to just live by their rules? You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. So, like, thing. yeah. And, and there were, like, so many parallels in this movie. And, and there's a lot of, in, in the superhero genre, they, it's, it's a very good, uh, like, storytelling device for... Mm-hmm. Um, for that kind of like otherization of people in society. And so like, and it also kind of takes it to an an absurdist extreme because like you would think that people who have like these super abilities would be able to fight from keeping themselves put down, but that's not the way that systems work. You know, systems become designed to keep a specific type of people down, you know, and like this one in, in particular, they, they found ways to do just that, you know, so um, it was it was it was a cool it's always a cool way to see to see it. But like in this movie, they used the um, the drug running thing. As yeah, a, it's a really good plot device because like um, oppression leads to poverty and poverty leads to desperation and desperation leads to crime. And they like and it was it was interesting. Like at first I was a little bit annoyed with it because like the beginning of the film is so on the nose. They're just like the character exposition and everything that's going on is just, they're just like telling you this is what's happening. And this is like, they don't, they don't let you discover anything. They just kind of shove it down your throat. Right. And then I was like, I was like, man, is this whole thing going to be like this? And then like maybe a quarter of the way in, they stopped doing that. And then they let the story unfold from there. And I like, I realized why they needed to do that. And it was just because they were kind of time constrained, you know, they, you know, uh, I've gotten kind of used to these like long form storytelling, uh, like HBO type shows where I yeah. get like, you know, 15 hours to unfold like a grand overarching story with multiple climaxes and stuff, you know? And so like these, these ones that I watch where they have to really get everything in to get you on the same page as them in the beginning, I'm always like, why are you telling me all this stuff? Like, you know, I get like kind of annoyed with it, but I have to remember what's, what's happening. But after that, it like, it really opened up and they let the world kind of tell the story. Right. You know what I mean? And it's actually, it's like, it really wrote me in, dude. Like there were some spots in this movie where I was like really getting misty. Like it really had me involved, like very invested in the characters Mm -hmm. and like their motivations. And they did a very good job at, um, you know, they 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 gloss over the things that they needed to, and they brought you into the things that they needed to, and it was it was a very well told story. You know, all all things said, um, I, I liked the way that they included so many different societal topics all in one. Like it was only like an hour and forty minutes or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, like they they really covered a lot of topics in a very in very poignant ways. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there was even like a small nod to like the gun control debate, which was surprised yeah. me. It was very, very short. And then they just kind of like moved on from it. But I was like, oh, interesting that they throw that in there, you know, because they've already covered so many other things. I actually kind of expected them to go further into it, but it was just like a radio broadcast, you know. I can like and, imagine um, that there was like an extended edition, like how much more they could cover well, I think that like they could totally do a sequel of this, multiple sequels, mm-hmm. and and expand, expound upon this huge like they could make a whole universe out of this. It's like a it's like a techno dystopia where there's a whole class of people who built the entire world that they were sitting on because they had superpowers, and right. then once they outlived their usefulness, they were oppressed and pushed aside and kept put down because they were viewed as dangerous that should be cool to see like if they did like a prequel about it like what caused them like watch the hell out of that yeah yeah like do you think like do you think that maybe it would have been different if they were more sensitive with people with abilities or do you think like for sure yeah i mean like that's just in general, you know, I mean, look at look at even the history of our real world, you know, how much yeah. different the world could be if if we all um, stood on equal footing. It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous, though, like it's some people are just too ignorant to understand, like they're, they're too ignorant to try to understand something that they are not known they, that they don't know. Like if they would have like understood, like maybe like understood people with super abilities they would have been able to like help each other out like especially when it comes like what if like maybe ways to uh you know stop war or stop hunger or even within hospitals like there was that healer the one woman would it being a healer we could have been able to find a cure for different like you know like cancer for example but no like hmm. and i always thought i always thought one of the the best lessons of the any of the mutant or superpower type stories because i was really into x-men when i was a kid and like this is like a very similar story to x-men i don't know if i've said this already i feel like i'd said this once before um like but the the parallels are very similar because they touch on these types of topics and that too but the the top the the lesson that i like out of those is that everybody can find a niche you know you can find a place where you have a purpose and you can do the things you can like do something with yourself, but you just get, you have to find like, you know, they say it in the X-Men, they're like, you have to find your gift, you know, in this one, it's a little bit more on the nose because everybody has like their own specific, like type of power. There's like electricity and like freezing. And, you know, that's a little bit more um, rudimentary uh, in the X-Men universe. It's way more specific. You know, people have like very like super, itty, super, super specific powers because um, right. they had to think of something the X-Men has been going for how many yeah, yeah. years now. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like that uniqueness is what makes you special. And it, it's not even that it's not even that you're useful. It's that you can find a purpose within the things that you're good at, you know, and you can and everybody has something that they're good at. Right. Yeah, like this was a it was a cool it was a cool movie that touched on a lot of different interesting things and created complex characters in like a very short time span. Very well written, like very very well written. Yeah, I also thought it was cool that uh, Stefan Amel Amil, the one uh, he plays uh, Green Arrow, I thought he played his role phenomenally. Yeah, uh, so he he was like the Garrett the 
the guy that kind of pulled. Yeah, he was the one that kind of like um, he was the one in the van, the driver. He was like the yeah, leader yeah. of that like subgroup of the gang. Yeah, and they worked for like a mind reader. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, and he was like the big bad guy, kind of. Oh my god. Do you think um is Errol is Errol is Errol even still going? I don't even know if Errol even is still going. I'm gonna Crazy. be honest with you, dude. I've not seen it at all. Wow. Yeah, no, I, you know, so a bunch of my friends talk about Arrow, but I just have not really gotten into it. Yeah, I just I I'm pretty busy guy, so I don't get a whole lot of time to watch a lot of TV. Right. So yeah. No, I get it. I'm only on season three, but I haven't watched it in like a year or two. Because oh, I usually really? I usually watch Netflix when I'm like editing. So like Oh, nice. In order for me to like be chill, it's like, all right, I'm gonna uh, kind of put this on the side so I won't get too stressed out. Because after a while, when you're editing, it's like you don't want to, you know, get too like. Because after a while, when you do something for so long, you get kind of, I guess, you could say stressed out by it. So it's good to oh, have yeah, something dude. like to keep your mind off of that and stay creative and whatnot. So a lot of uh, Netflix is oof, best way to yeah. go. Yeah. I just started getting into doing video stuff like video editing and like we're actually we're dropping a a music video for our single this oh, weekend. Shoot. Yeah, oh shoot. Oh nice. So, yep, yeah, so it's uh I'm almost done with it. <laughs> I'm like I'm still like learning how to do a lot of video stuff. I did all of the video stuff for our um like the editing and such for our cabin sessions videos series. Oh nice. So that was the first time that I ever did it. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, uh daunting. Where, where can we find uh, Cabin Sessions at? Uh, that's on our, our Facebook page, on our YouTube. Actually, if you go to thefadinglight.net, yeah. you can find all, all of our stuff. Yeah, we have all oh, of our so. stuff linked there. So what made you guys want to do – what is the Cabin Session, actually? What is that? Uh, so we actually – we've been playing live for a while. We've also been working on, like, a studio album for many – like, for a long time. It's just been kind of like – it kind of – dropped in priority as we started doing other things like trying to play live and then uh doing some other stuff um so it we took a long time to practice to play live and get tight enough to actually play the music that we wrote and um then when we started doing it then we were playing shows and um finally we said we wanted something to be able to release because we didn't have anything out there and people were asking for it so we were like well let's try to do something and we decided that it would be really cool to do like our whole live set just like live in like a cool setting. And so our guitarist, his, his dad had a, a cabin mm-hmm. up on like this hilltop and it was like a really beautiful setting and the cabin was beautiful. And uh, we set all of our stuff up in there and mic'd everything up. And uh, our bass player has a recording studio called dream loud studio so if you're ever looking for audio stuff dream loud studio um he has a recording studio and he set up his like mobile recording gear and ran all the microphones and so we played our live set like three times and we had a, a videographer uh chelsea ashley you there know her, she is yeah yeah my girlfriend yeah, uh, yeah. she uh she like uh uh, recorded us doing all of the stuff. And then I took all of the footage and I edited videos together of each of the songs from the takes that we did. And then our Ben took the best take that we did live and mixed all the sound and mastered it so that it sounded good on all the devices. And that was the cabin session. So we have like live tracks of each of our lives of our songs from the live set and then a video to go with each one of them. 
And those are all up on our website, thefadinglight.net. They're on like our YouTube, our Facebook. Uh, I have an Insta, there's an Instagram for it. You know, you can find all that stuff on our website, thefadinglight.net. Oh, sad. Yeah. So. And again, so, another one going to drop this weekend, either tomorrow or Sunday, whenever I get done with it. So. Oh, nice, man. Did you ever think about um, collabing in different type of genres or is it only just metal? We really do like, it's more like a pop actually. Like our song in the morning is very like pop rock. It's like Goo Goo Dolls type pop rock. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, you know, our newest song on my own is almost like, it's like almost like rock funk. There's like some really, there's like some very, very heavy funk elements in that song. Yeah. that I'm, I'm I'm very happy with that how that song turned ended up turning out it like it, it really evolved from where it was when I first wrote it yeah I was I was very happy to hear how we we ended up with it um, but we have we have a few songs that uh, that you know they, they're kind of uh, they're all definitely rock like rock and roll type stuff but you know we we add a bunch of different types of elements in there um, we just we just like to do a lot of interlocking things which is where our metal, like our metal influence kind of comes from, you know? Nice. Oh, oh. so um, you talked about like how much you love the Kuwait, but like, do you, is there anything that you wish they could have added into the film that would have made it a little bit more better? Oh yeah. I definitely think that if it was longer, that they could have, they could have, uh, they could have done a little bit more world building which is really what made the film shine to me was the world that they built. You know, it was this whole like kind of dystopian futurescape where people developed these types of whatever powers or whatever they had, you know, that they could use in specific ways. You know, some people had like telepathy or telekinesis. Some people could read minds. Some people had like fire, you know, um, like I said, it was a little bit, it was kind of like, like base more, a little bit more basic as far as that goes. You know, there was like mind powers. There was like super strength. The guy that was, that couldn't speak. He, I loved the sign language yeah. thing, by the way. I, I watched it with uh, the captions, like closed captions on so I could read what they were saying. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like that when it's not closed captioned, but when he would sign, it would say underneath him what it was. And I thought that was hilarious because if it if it wasn't there, I wouldn't have known and I wouldn't have got the joke. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah, right. So, yeah, I, was, I thought that was so funny. Um, but yeah, like that was like it was it was it was a very cool film. I wish that they could have ex- expanded upon the world a little bit more just to make uh, a bigger story out of it. Like it was I, I liked the personalness of like you get connected to the main character and his mother who yeah. was, you know, she was sick. And actually, like, that hit me really hard because my mom was sick, like, a, f- a few years back. And so, like, those scenes were all, and any kind of film always hit me super hard. It was like, it re- like it just, it was very good at pulling me into that personal story. But I wanted to see more of what the rest of the film was, like, the rest of the world was about. And, like, it was all, it was all, it was all in just that one city, too. You know, like, there was like this whole drug trade that was going on with the spinal fluid of the powered people, you know? And there was like, cause there's a, there's, so there was like stories that involved like human trafficking and then also mm-hmm. drug trafficking. And like, there's all these little tiny little side storylines that I was like, Oh, that would be really cool to explore more. But you know, everything got pushed aside for the main, 
push, you know, and which yeah. was which was ex- ex- totally cool because the 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 movie itself was great, you know what I mean? I just wanted to see more of all of the other stuff that was right. going on like the and you know, they they built this world around it where you know, have you ever seen John Wick? You know what? I've been wanting to see that, but no, I have not. Okay, well, I won't give too much away, but in the very first film, they do kind of that kind of a thing where they kind of like give you hints to this whole big universe that John Wick exists in. And they, you know, it gives you this, it's tantalizing. Like I want to know more about the the world that he lives in and what everything that's going on. And then the second film, they expanded upon all this stuff and you learned more about all the world and everything that he lives in. And the third one, I guess does more. I haven't seen the third one yet, but like uh, I want to see more like that with this film i would love to see that where they have a second sequel and you learn more about all the rest of this world and actually they left this film on a kind of a cliffhanger mm-hmm. with um garrett the 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 drug guy who is now kind of on top of the game and he right. paid his dead off right right and then and uh connor is on the on the run right like is he gonna right. just so get away like, with it, or like is he? Yeah, exactly. He was supposed and to turn himself know. in. He's supposed to turn himself in, but he didn't. So right. Well, we, if he did, we didn't see that at the very least. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that was like very cool, very good movie. Hundred, hundred percent. I totally recommend that people watch it. I, that was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that I that I chose that one. I literally just finished watching it. Like I finished work and I was like, all right, I have to watch this so that I can talk about it with Fernando tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah like yeah, I went yeah. and watched it. I finished it like maybe 15 minutes before uh, this. So yeah, it's still fresh in the mind. Oh, sad. yeah, it was a really good movie. Cause I just remember, I remember watching the trailer for it. And plus you don't see movies like this these days. So it's cool to, um, yeah. to see stuff like this. But if you were, if you were in this world and you, I mean, you were given an ability. What ability do you think you would have? Oh, well, if I'm, if I, if there's ability that I would want, it would be telekinesis. Like uh, that Garrett guy had. Yeah. That was always like all growing up. I always thought that was the coolest power. Like uh, I loved Pokemon growing up. So like Mewtwo has like telekinesis. Yeah. And so like, it was always like my number one, like if I had a superpower, I'd have telekinesis. I can move things with my mind, you know? Like, right. So that would be totally be my thing. Yeah. But speaking about telekinesis, a lot of people think that actually is a true ability. Do you believe that telekinesis is a, is a real deal or do you think it's scientifically uh, impossible? I mean, I don't know of any mechanism that, that, you would use to do such a thing but i mean if somebody could demonstrate it i would be willing to listen for a little bit you know so (laughs) yeah yeah i know because i've been seeing a lot of videos about especially like how what's his name what was his name uh uh chris angel there he is oh yeah like he's a magician so i automatically am thinking this has got to be a trick of some kind right like I was gonna yeah. say, like I don't know, maybe it's like it's some type of illusion trick that people are trying to do these days because a lot of people are like really like you scientists that are trying to make like devices for like us to be able to move things with our minds and whatnot. So well, as far as that goes, actually, if you're talking about using a device to move something with your mind, I actually worked on something like that in college. Oh, what's um, that? Oh, tell me about that. Yes. So when I was in college, I did. I actually published research on this. It was. Um, so I wanted to do research into like people who have uh, partial or total paralysis okay. to give them like um, so, like a robotic prosthesis 
that they could use that would be like I guess mind activated brain activated you know what I mean like if I'm trying to use uh, simpler terms for it but I used an EEG it's like a brainwave scanner and there are like when your brain does certain things it it makes predictable outputs and so uh, like predictable waves and so I wrote like an artificial intelligence that would analyze those waves and like kind of learn what the right patterns were and then when it would detect those patterns, I could turn it into a number that would then like drive a motor. And I could, so I like, I built this little like robot cart that I could just drive around by thinking about it if I had my little helmet on. Whoa. <laughs> and it was like, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was like a really cool project. It was like a little Lego robot. And I would like drive it around by just like staring at it and thinking real hard, and, like doing times tables in my head, you know, <laughs> like, oh, stuff so like that's that. cool. Make it, yeah, it would make it do like certain things if I did like, you know, if I would think in certain ways, yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting project. Yeah. Why did you stop doing it? You yeah. should have extended on it. Uh, I wanted to, uh, but I would, in order to get into a hospital where that kind of stuff was working, I had to go on to get my master's and I just did not want to get into any more debt. Uh, so I just, uh, never won. I never went on to get my master's degree. Not yet. I haven't, I guess I, there's still time, you know, I can still go back and get my master's degree. Right. Um, but you know, I've been focusing on other things in the meantime, and you know, I would I would like to get back to that. Actually, I'm actually I would love to get back into doing robot just robotics work in general. Right. But if I could get to work in a hospital, and like work with patients and learn more about how to interface with the brain, with like as far as a computer goes, in order to help people like that, that would be like that would be like my dream job right yeah 100 percent. because i remember yeah, that's, that's like i remember like seeing a video about that like uh this girl she was born without uh her uh arms like it's like like she doesn't have her limbs and like she's like a makeup artist and so like uh mm -hmm. she has like these little like iron man looking arms and like uh she just plugs them into her arm and then like she's able to do her makeup and do other people's makeup with her robotic hands and it's like wow to where we were yeah, back dude. then to now, that is phenomenal because like we weren't able to do this and now it's like we can use what's the mind is just an amazing thing. And so like the what Absolutely. what it can do with machines now these days, it's kind of frightening actually, honestly. But there's so much that oh, we don't know. It is, yeah. <laughs> there's so much we don't know that the mind can do. Like such as like like dreams, for example, like how does that even work? Mm -hmm. you know yeah, dreams are very mysterious man actually you know what's funny is that this just this year johns hopkins university actually achieved the goal that i was setting out to try to look into when i was doing my research they, there had already been people doing it for a while before me i just did like a little it was just a little i i, I published in a journal but it was not like a mainstream research of any kind you know what i mean but these guys have been at it for decades trying to figure out a way to do it you know like i read so many in yeah but they finally did it it's like a instead of having to drill a hole in your head like a robotic arm to work with your brain like, you know what i mean yeah. yeah so like it's i'm thinking of somebody that that maybe lost an arm you know what i mean uh like at the shoulder yeah and they want to have an arm that's completely articulated like if you could just plug into the right part of the brain you could do that, right? Mm. And they have because they just put a sensor like right into your skull and it reads that part of your brain to do the thing. But that's like not a very ideal circumstance because like when you have a 
wire going into your skull, it's pretty easy to get infected. Yeah. And like, there's all sorts of different things that can go wrong. But if you just had like a hat that you put on and you put the hat on and then you put your arm on and now your arm works just like it's a regular arm. Right. Like, and then when you go to bed at night, you take your hat off, you take your arm off and you go to sleep. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's the, that's the dream. And like I said, just this year they had it. It, it was with an EG without having to drill into their head. They achieved control of a device with just an EEG. That is so cool. At Johns Hopkins. Yeah, I was like, I was like very impressed. I did not think that that was going to come for another five years at least. So, yeah, that was pretty cool to see that happen. Oh, that is so crazy, man. What made you want to get into robotics? Uh, I don't know. I've always been into like sci-fi stuff and when, so ever since I was like a kid. Yeah. So, like, you know, all of that kind of thing always fascinated me. But as I got more into, like, computers and learning how to program and stuff, like, being able to watch, like, my code, like, I write some lines of code and then I watch this thing and it makes it, like, do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I can actually watch it, like, move around and do things. Like, that is so rewarding to me because it's just so – it's fun. Like, and then you make it do, like, weird things and it's just – you know what I mean? It's just, like, always fun to do, just think around with them and make them do stuff. And so, you know, that's just like, that's, that's kind of like my main drive for a lot of things, yeah. I think, is that just like, let's do this and see what happens and just like record the data and then you move on to the next thing and see what happens, you know? And it's just like, that's very fun to me to just kind of see what's going to happen. And so like for this project when I was in college, you know, I put on a headset and I started to write this program and just see what happens. And eventually it got to a point where when I would see what happens, it would do something. And I was like, Whoa, no way. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was, that's, that's, that's a big drive to me is just tinkering, poking at things and seeing what comes out on the other side, I guess. Did you, do you watch Westworld? No. Oh, see Westworld's probably one of my favorite, favorite like shows of all time. And they touch on what does it mean to be human? And if you, if your mind was in a machine, would you be you or would you be something different? You know what I mean? Yeah, because they were actually talking about like, okay, let's say that this would exist. Okay, it would be cool because we'll be able to live longer. But the downside, it's obviously going to cost a lot, right? So a lot of times right. the people who are rich and successful in life, they're nine times out of ten, like, people don't talk about it, but a lot of them are psychopaths or CEOs oh, and whatnot. So what you don't realize yeah. is that what if a psychopath, they, up, they upload their minds into a machine. You just say, you know, well, yeah, well, psychopath is immortal. Yeah, like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Dude. So, you know, cause a lot of them, they're able like, for example, like, uh, like people who, not all of them are bad people, but what if, you get the bad one out of the bunch and he's able to like, cause a lot of them get away with it. Like Zodiac, like oh, yeah. Zodiac, for example, like he was, he's, yeah, he's still yeah, out of caught. So what if something like that becomes a machine, you know? It's cause it's Ted Cruz. Yeah. No. <laughs> do, do you think uh, our, our official intelligence will become, be able to think for itself? That's a good question. Like that opens up qu uh, questions in itself. So like I, I think that our AI capabilities, at least now, if they were anywhere near 
advanced enough to think on its own, it would already be there. It's like if anybody's going to get to it, it's going to be like the military complex right. because they're going to use it to strategize things. So like they're like they're going to try to use it to strategize like you know different military scenarios, even different economic scenarios, you know, to try to influence policy in certain ways, you know. And so I just don't think that AI is quite to that point yet, right. but I think that at some point it will be, and. I, I honestly think that before we'll be able to upload our minds to machines, AI will have reached our level of intelligence. That's really, that's kind of alarming though, because like, that's kind of a bad thing. Cause like, what if like it goes against us, you know, and you know, it very well might, you know, it'll probably view us as a threat. Yeah. Because like Martin, like look at Google, for example, like it has all the information in the world. And so artificial intelligence will think, okay, well, we don't have use for you anymore. So how about we just get rid of you and let the whole world be of machines and artificial intelligence. And they're like, we don't... It's like the Matrix. Yeah, Matrix or... Uh, uh, um, not the Matrix. Uh, iRobot. I think that's what it's called. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, yeah, so like it'll be a world like that. It's like, why are we trying to make this type of device if we know what may happen yep there there's been a lot of people actually a lot of big big time people that have brought that that very same thing up that like we need to be a little bit more aware of how we're treating ai and whether or not we're regulating it and all sorts of different questions like that you know and i think that ai should be more tightly regulated and it should not be allowed to be used in weapons exactly Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but you know how the military is. They always want to make something that we shouldn't have. Like even recently. Well, they're gonna. Yeah. Like exactly. even recently, yeah. they uh they just uh leaked. I don't know if this is a real deal, but they recently leaked that actually uh, extraterrestrials do exist, and they're like just leaking like proof of like how they have actually found like an actual spaceship or a ship uh, a couple of years ago that they wow. kept underground but they finally released it to make us aware that they do exist or whatever well i don't know if that was if that's proof of extraterrestrials to me it's just it's definitely proof that there's some sort of weird thing that they saw or things i guess multiple things that they've seen in the skies which are very which are interesting to me on their own i guess i don't know i'm not really convinced that any kind of extraterrestrials have visited earth in any right way i i I'm open to that possibility, especially after seeing some of that stuff. But like, I, I don't know if I'm convinced. Well, to me, to me, it's yeah. like I I believe that it's possible possible because we can't be the only life form of all the universes oh. that are alive. You know, it's it's. Oh, I completely agree with you. It's almost impossible for us to be the only life form in just this, even if it's just one universe. Yeah. But there's different <laughs> universes it's so out there. Big, yeah, you so. Know, yeah. It's yeah. just that they're just too far away, so we can't see it. And if, if they do exist, you know how long that is my you know how long it yeah. them to come over to our our way. So you know, unless they have an advanced technology for them to hit, like I don't know, Star Trek. Now we're just going nerd alert. So for them to hit light speed, right? Yeah, unless unless they could go light speed or yeah. more, the amount of time that it would take anybody to reach us would be so significant that it would be it would just be too far like what could what what kind of organic life form could survive exactly. that long? the only thing that i could think of is if we get if there if we do find aliens i think it's more likely that if there was an advanced civilization that 
fell to the machine, <laughs> like the machine intelligence, like we were just talking right. about. I think that's the most likely alien life form that we find is some sort of like machine life. Then how would you explain if if it's intelligence? How yeah. then how would you explain how the Egyptians were able to build the pyramids? Uh, me personally, I just think that pyramid is the best way to stack stones without them falling down for a long time. But like a lot of human suffering, I think can get you pretty far. I was just gonna... and I think that's kind of what they did. Like, like I, I think that they really were brutal in building those pyramids and the people that they made them build, build them, and then they would like. Didn't they kill or blind or do something to the architects of those pyramids too so that they couldn't build a another one? I have no idea. I have no idea. I can't I think they did stuff like that. But I think I, I honestly think that they had some some good usage of the technology at the time, which I also think was a lot a little bit more advanced than people give it credit right. for. Like like, you know, they, they had some things figured out that I, I guess got lost over the millennia and had to be refound, which I think there was quite a bit of that over, over the past and it will probably happen again. Right. You know, I just, just it's but just like, serious. I'm just yeah. curious because like a lot of people like go to that because a lot of it was like humanly impossible when it comes to building the architecture like that. So a lot of people think like, what if it was it possible that they had yeah. some type of help to be able to do it? Unless there's like you were, well, I mean, like you were saying before, there isn't any record of the technology that they have, you know. Yeah, I'm open to that idea. I just don't think it's a super. I don't think it's the most likely right. one. It's mostly just that I think that that there's other examples of that type of technology around the world for various reasons, right. and different. I think different civilizations figured out those techniques like on their own over time to do. Sim similar types of things like none of the none of the so there's like pyramids the maya pyramids in uh yeah. mexico are are similar uh in structure um and there was like there's another set of pyramids somewhere there's like this like cryptographic treasure hunt thing that i did many many years ago on like the on like the dark web I oh found, like, these it was like this crazy thing yeah and then you would like solve a set of puzzles and it would lead you to like another site where there would be like another thing and you would have to solve like another set Jeez. of puzzles and it would lead you to another thing you know yeah like i was really into that kind of stuff uh when i was in college because i did it was like a programming exercise right. you know you would find all the different pieces and then you'd have to like write a script that would like put them together in the oh, right wow. way so that you could find the next thing. Yeah. It was like, it's cool. It was a fun it's... little, fun little exercise that was exciting, but it was all about like pyramids and like all this ancient, like uh, kind of like the ancient alien yeah. things. And that uh, ultimately that was why I lost interest in it because it was just like, it felt like I was just like, reading a script from an ancient aliens episode on his the history oh my channel, gosh you know? <laughs> so i was like all right well i'm done oh my gosh so, what were yeah. you doing on the black web that's pretty <laughs> sketchy for you to oh that kind of stuff oh like it was it was back in uh that was even back when bitcoin was still like you couldn't just like buy bitcoin you had to like set up your own like wallet right and do all that kind of stuff like that was like back in those days and so we were like experimenting with bitcoin and doing all sorts of weird dark web things, just like learning how it worked. And, you know, Tor is kind of cool. So do you think that there's some benefits just, for dark web or? Oh, a hundred percent. Yo. So like in, 
so for example in uh at the, in the arab spring in egypt right. for example so when uh when that happened and they shut down all communication outside of the country um people on the ground with usb drives were going out to reporters and activists and other people and they were helping them install tor so that they could still access the outside world without being seen right. and like get reports out to people so I don't know if you know anything about Tor, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's called the it's called the Onion Router, and so like I can I, I have my computer and it connects to another one with an encryption key, and that computer connects to another computer with an encryption key, and it does it like two or three times until it connects to the place that you want to come out, and they can't see where where that message came from, and you can't see where it's going. Everything is obfuscated right. in the middle. And encrypted so you know the only the only people that can know where the message is going is the re recipient one way or the other oh snap yeah right and so it's very useful for things like that because you know in a place that's oppressing the the press you know and trying to keep the people anybody from knowing what's going on you know and like in those types of dictatorships you know this it's a very useful tool for getting um the word out about what's going on yeah tours tour i think is a very good thing it, as with anything, it it can be a double-edged yeah. sword, you know, stuff, things that offer complete anonymity, which Tor doesn't offer complete anonymity. It has definitely been cracked by the CIA and the FBI before. Um, but, you know, if you've ever heard of the Silk Road, no. you know, they used, the Silk Road was like this site on the dark web back in, um, I think that it got taken down in 2000 five or 2006 maybe i can't remember exactly when it was taken down but um uh it was like you could go onto the dark web and that might have even been later than that i think it was way later than that uh but you could go onto the dark web and with like bitcoin or other types of or other types of like cryptocurrencies you could buy anything you could buy drugs <laughs> You could buy guns. Jeez. You could buy any whatever you wanted. You know what I mean. You could buy anything on the on the Silk Road, um, and it was named after the old Silk Road that went from China to through India. I think it was China to, through India, um, and you know, but that would they would trade silk and spices along the Silk Road. Um, but that was like uh, that got taken down. The guy that ran that was called the Dread Pirate Roberts. I don't know if you've ever seen The Princess Bride, uh, but that was he was he named himself after the Dread Pirate Roberts. But he got arrested, and he was like taken down. He was like at a in a university library, what? just like, yeah. And he was just like, uh, like his servers weren't up in in the university library, but he was. Uh, he, that's where he was when he was arrested. He was just like accessing the internet from there, and uh, yeah, they just they like came in and and arrested him, and uh, nobody like nobody knew who he was. Jeez, oh my gosh! But people who are listening to this do not even try to access the dark web unless you know what you're doing because <laughs> that's where you could really yeah. mess up i don't even know why you want to go to the dark web for people so i mean we're all curious you know but just uh uh know what you're doing well there's lots of good reasons to use it you know you can use tor to just browse the web normally um it just hides your like location and your information it's kind of like using a vpn but tor is, tor is really slow so, like, I wouldn't use Tor as your own VPN, but if you're really concerned about your privacy, people, like, knowing whatever it is that you're saying or doing, whatever reason it might be, um, you know, it's just if you're concerned about your credit cards even, you know. But, like, I just 
I, I, I always recommend people use like a VPN or something if you can. I don't, you know, it, it helps hide hide you from people that might be nefariously looking at you. It's kind of a sketchy world these days because you don't know who's like has your information, who's looking at you from your webcam or, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're taught that we have our own independence and freedom in the United States, but really we don't, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's, we live, it's not quite as bad as some other places, but it's a, we definitely have a large surveillance presence here that I think is probably even larger than we think it is or know that it is. You know, Snowden blew the door. Oh, off so I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've been meaning to yeah. watch that. Uh, yeah, highly recommended. I, I, uh, I've been following his, uh, his life yeah. now. I guess since that all happened. Um, yeah, very interesting that nothing has changed since he blew the doors off. It's just everybody knows, and everyone was like, "Well, yep." I guess that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, no, nobody's just, no, nothing ever changed. You know, it's just still that same way. Oh my god, I still gotta see that though. But that's a shame. Is he still on the run though? Is it like? Yeah, he lives in oh Russia. Oh my gosh, that sucks because like he doesn't have a normal life anymore. Because, but I, I appreciate what he did though because we wouldn't have known if it wasn't for him. But it just sucks that it was a huge sacrifice. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that he did. Yeah. I, I, I a hundred percent support his right. exoneration. Yeah. I'm, I'm always in uh support of whistleblower. Oh boy. But this was a good talk and like, we went way, way off the rails. We went from Cody to. Yeah. We really like went all <laughs> over the place. Man. Yeah. Well, do you have any last words before we, uh, we cut off? Uh, my last words, I'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion. Go to the fading light.net. Follow us, like, listen to our music. I think that we're good. I hope that you think that we're good, too. And also, watch Code 8, because it was a really cool movie. Oh, heck yeah, it was. All right. Well, this is the end of today's episode of Flix Critics. And see you next time. And thank you so much. That's it for now.